Good morning, everyone. I'm Mark, and uh, one of the pastors here, and I'm just thrilled uh, to be able to share with you today. So I've been going through this series along with you and just uh, really just getting a, a lot out of it, but um, the, I wasn't part of the, the planning meeting and, and things like that, so there's unfortunately been uh, a, a terrible um, exclusion into our learning experience, but fortunately for all of you, I am here to save the day. So... Uh, with, uh, with no further ado, will you please save our church and show this video. Lord, I shall give these laws unto thy people. Hear me! Oh, hear me! All pay heed! The Lord, the Lord Jehovah, has given unto you these fifteen... <laughs> ten! Ten <laughs> commandments! For all to obey. So, thankfully, I'm still around uh, uh, to to bring in Mel Brooks uh, and Monty Python clips to uh, to keep us on the straight and narrow, right? So, and also, fortunately, I've done quite a bit of research, and I found out what the other five commandments were. So, I was just going to go through those really quick: eleven through fifteen. Uh, a number eleven, which I don't think that is going to be covered uh, uh, in this series. Uh, uh, thou shalt not engage in lengthy conversations with the checkout person. Amen. Right? Coming here from LA, and I'm like, what? what are these people like? I'm like, are you lifelong friends? And they're like, oh no, we just met. Now I'm like, good Lord. Okay. Number 12. Thou shalt not drive with your blinker on. Yes. Turn your blinker off. You've made your turn. Turn it off. Okay. Number 13. Thou shalt not poke me or anyone else on Facebook. It's not a thing. It's not a thing. Number 14, thou shalt not cough in your hands. Okay? It's 2018, not 1950. Cough in there. Everybody know this? Do it. Like it's disgusting. Putting your, okay. And 15, and this one's a big one for me. Thou shalt not blow out the candles on a birthday cake. You're just spitting germs on the cake, and then all your loved ones have to eat it. It's gross, people. Like, take the candle off. I know, I know this is not a popular stance, but a lot of these commandments aren't popular. And, and, and I'm, just, I'm just, you know, again, I'm just trying to help out here. So, so there, there you go. So... You know, honestly, in the, in the, uh, when I was growing up and hearing the, the Ten Commandments, this one I always thought was kind of like, you know, when you're making a list and you feel like you should get to ten, and you're like trying to like scratch your head, like, how can I get a tenth one? This seemed like one of these things. You know, it's like, you know, the whole lie thing doesn't, just doesn't seem like on the, on the scale of murder and uh, adultery and, and things like that. But as I became an adult and I think uh, just seeing just the impact of falsehoods have had on our community, uh, uh, I, I've actually realized that this is a major issue that 
Uh, number one, the church needs to get right, but culturally, we need to figure out how we can get right. Um, so, you know, you ask yourself, like, you know, why, why do people lie and things like that? And I, and I came across uh, a scripture in Jeremiah chapter 38, and I think uh, basically uh, Jeremiah was a prophet, and he, and he was going to King Zedekiah, and, he, and Zedekiah sent for Jeremiah and had him uh, brought into the third temple of the uh, Lord's temple. And the king says, I want to ask you something. And don't try to hide the truth. And then Jeremiah said to him, if I tell you the truth, you will kill me. And if I give you advice, you won't listen anyway. So I think there's probably like, you know, there's sometimes some legitimate reasons, right, that you wouldn't want to tell the truth. But really, I'm not, we're not really going to talk too much about that today. Um, I was actually looking, and there's a lot more damage that, that comes with just being lazy or lackadaisical about, about the truth. In fact, uh, psych.org uh, came out uh, with a list of why people lie when they really don't need to. Have you ever wondered about that? Just like people just like just spreading falsehoods when it really doesn't like it's it's you know they're not going to be killed, right? Like why is that? And I think that's a lot more prevalent. So according to psych.org, uh, the number one reason is the lie does matter to the person telling it. Right? That that this lie can be told. And this person thinks that it is, you know, that it's really important, and really this is inconsequential to everyone else. And this, according to psych.org, is the number one reason that we, we lie, is because that we're, we're, it, it matters to us for positioning or reputation or something like that. Number two is that telling the truth, this one was interesting to me, telling the truth feels like giving up control. And I, I thought that was really interesting, and then I read a little bit deeper on that, and a, and a lot of times, too, that a lie is given to try to position yourself or influence people to think the way that you do. In fact, one example that they used is using people um, who are of a greater authority than you and quoting them to try to justify what you're trying to say. And the, the example that, that they used uh, was really interesting to me. And I'm going to give you the quote and tell me who said it. Uh, be the change you want to see. Yeah, Gandhi. And they said, and then I researched it because I'm not doing fake news today, uh, there's zero evidence that Gandhi ever said that. Zero evidence. Uh, and most scholars just say he didn't say it, basically, but there's zero evidence uh, that he ever said that. And, and again, you know, be the change that you want to see. That's a great thing, but probably somebody said that, you know, and attributed it to Gandhi because they weren't Gandhi, right? So that's another reason why people lie. Number three, they don't want to disappoint you. You know, I, if you've had children or if you ever were a children, <laughs> that, uh, you know, hey, you know, were, were you out speeding and drinking and knocking over mailboxes last night? Uh, no. <laughs> right? 
right? And, you know, they just lie because they just don't want to disappoint uh, the person who is asking the question. Number four, and I thought this one was fascinating, it's not a lie to them. Uh, there's been multiple studies when people are under pressure that their memories uh, are actually quite unreliable. And, and then to, to uh, uh, multiply the, the, the ill effect of this, the more time somebody tells the lie, the more real it becomes to them. I mean, it's really, you think about, you know, just the psychology of telling the truth. And there's lots of reasons why people would do this, is to minimize their role in something that, you know, bad happened or, or different things. And you retell the story again and again, it becomes your truth, but it is not actually the truth. And then finally, they just want it to be true. Uh, this is really interesting. As, as a professor at FSU who teaches entrepreneurship, we actually teach this, you know, that this idea, you know, entrepreneurs are trying to project what they want to become. You know, they cast this vision, but it's actually not true now. And we have a lot of conversations about how can you project where you're going so people understand it, but, but, all, uh, but also understand that you're not there yet. And so there's a lot of times we just, we just so badly want it to be true. You know, we're such a happy family, or we had such a wonderful dinner, or, or you know, my organization is doing so great. And you feel like if you say it again and again and again, it'll become true. And the reality is that all these falsehoods are very, very damaging to personal relationships. But they can become devastating on a public level. And we see an unprecedented time in, in our culture with social media where, where falsehoods or fake news uh, used to be a problem. It, it would spread, but now it can be global like that. Um, according to Newsweek, uh, fake news actually was declared um, by uh, the uh, Collins Dictionary uh, as the word of the year in, in 2017. Fake news went from basically this kind of obscure thing to becoming the word of the year last year. I hear that uh, uh, fake news just barely missed or beat out Connexity. Uh, <laughs> Maybe 2018, this is the year for Connexity as word of the year. Uh, so I actually, um, uh, I was really just fascinated. I did a lot of research this week on, on fake news and what that is. And I actually came across a really great video. It's actually a 10-minute video that we're not going to watch. Uh, uh, but we're going to watch uh, a minute, 30 seconds of it so you can kind of get the gist. But it's a, it's a really great uh, just introduction of what really is fake news. Hey gang, you'll never guess what I heard in the news today. Oh, what did you hear? Well, like many young people of today, Billy likes to impress his friends with his knowledge of world affairs. Oh, I'm 
so impressed by your knowledge of world affairs. <laughs> but young Billy is about to make a big mistake. You see, this morning, as always, Billy cast an eye over his social media feed, looking for the niftiest news. Golly, this story's out of sight. Look out, Billy. That interesting story might just be a fake. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> People create fake news for all sorts of reasons. Sometimes it's to make you laugh. Other times it's to influence your opinion or to make money by attracting your click. Or sometimes they're just jerks. But repeating that fake news can make you look pretty silly. Did you guys know that aliens from outer space built the pyramids? Really? Isn't that neat? Yeah. Your friends could spread that fake news even further. Hey guys, did you hear that the pyramids were actually built by aliens? <laughs> And they go, uh, the video continues kind of in the same vein using humor to talk about a very serious uh, topic of just like what, what can be done uh, about it. So I was actually doing research and I came across um, uh, fake, or fake, <laughs> factcheck.org, which you're probably all familiar with, actually gives uh, five uh, kind of steps before you share any news that, that you see on that. And you're, and, on, on the internet and things like that. And why, why does that matter? Why does that matter to us uh, that are Christians? Well, in Exodus chapter 23 and verse 1, um, God tells us, you must not pass along false rumors. Pretty straight and to the point. And there's lots of reasons because of that, but ultimately... It's because the person that we follow, Jesus, is, uh, claims to be the truth, that we are meant to be people of the truth. And when we, when we are lazy or, uh, or, or even malicious uh, and, and spreading this fake news, that it's far-reaching. So we as Christians, and really we as people of just, you know, responsible people of uh, culture, what are, what are these five things? And they're, and they're actually they're really challenging to me as well. Uh, the first question to ask when you see a salacious uh, headline that you want to you wanna share is, are you familiar with the source, right? Do, you know, is it, is it the Wall Street Journal or is it the National Enquirer? Or is it somebody that you've never heard of before? Are you just familiar with the source? Number two, read past the headline before sharing. <clears throat> read past the headline before sharing. Even legitimate news outlets uh, are really bad about this, right? That be, uh, because they're they're trying to get you to share it, and and they have misleading uh, headlines uh, that really aren't. They're just not true. And and in my reading, you know, there's a lot of talk about just confirmation bias. You guys know what confirmation bias is? Just you know, basically being on sites that 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 we uh, that kind of speak into our worldview. If, you know, we're 
you know, pro-Trump. We, you know, we, we read a bunch of stories that are, are pro-Trump. If we're, you know, pro, uh, um, I mean, something else, somebody else, uh, 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 um, then you just have a bunch of student or students uh, uh, stories like that. We we it's a really interesting time that that honestly that you can that you can live in a worldview and not be challenged or hear uh, opposing sides and and it's getting worse and worse. So read past the headline before sharing. Number three, I thought this one was really interesting. Is there a byline? And is the person real? One of the examples that they used is there was a byline and they attributed them to like three pullets and, and all these different awards. The only problem is the person didn't exist. So, uh, and, and you know, the great thing is as easy it is to share fake news, it's also equally as easy to Google an author, right? Like, uh, Sam Staley is right there. He's an author. You could, you know, Google him and see all the awards that, that he's won and, and, and all the articles that he's written and, and know that he's a legit person. Uh, number four, check out the source. You know, this is definitely if you don't know the source and, and you're like, oh, you go there and you see a bunch of other stories that are equally as kind of outrageous, then perhaps you don't want to share it. And then finally, check the date. Now, this is really interesting, but this is one thing of fake news is that they'll pull stories that are true, just not current. <laughs> like they don't have anything to do with a certain situation. So this is, you know, fake news has become this, you know, very sophisticated uh, kind of uh, cancer in our society. And those of us who are, are meant to not bear falsehoods and, and not spread rumors, you know, that we've been called to a higher standard. And, and these are just some simple, but time a little bit time-consuming, but not too time-consuming, before we share, just to think through, like, you know, am I spreading falsehoods or am I, am I actually sharing information that builds people up? So, thinking about all of this, ultimately, we are, we are people of the faith. And, the, and the, the question is, you know, can we actually know spiritual truth? Can we know truth? Is it possible? You know, this has been a big question over the past 20 years uh, or, or longer. Just what is the, what is the nature of truth? And I think Jesus uh, really helps and moves us in that way of how can we know truth? Like last time I spoke, we talked about, you know, true north and how that we can't even agree on what actually is north or is there a north. So how do we know as people of faith, as people of truth, what is that actual truth? Well, at the end of Jesus's ministry, he was standing in front of uh, Pilate. Uh, its story is found in John chapter 18, and he's essentially on trial, and, and Pilate's asking him all a bunch of questions, and he's asking him about uh, his ruler, his authority, and he says, look, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders, but my kingdom is not this world. 
Pilate said, so you are a king. And Jesus responded, you say I'm a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is truth. And then I think one of the most profound statements in the New Testament made 2,000 years ago and is equally as relevant today, Pilate says, what is truth? What is truth? And can we know truth? Well, it's interesting, through Jesus' ministry, Jesus said 150 times this statement, I tell you the truth. 150 times, I tell you the truth, usually followed up with something you don't want to hear. (laughs) Just being honest, telling you the truth. Or they didn't want to hear, right? Uh, But, you know, to be fair, we didn't want to hear either because it's challenging. I tell you the truth and then this. And before uh, Jesus ascended into heaven, he was, he was uh, one of the final times he said, I tell you the truth, is found in John 14. And he's trying to uh, challenge his followers, us, the 12, and then by extension us. But, he, but he's also trying to bring clarity of who he is. What is really the spiritual truth? What is truth? And he says this, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. And I want you to really, through this passage, really pick out these words, trust and believe and truth. It's it's threaded all through this statement. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so... Would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you, so that you will always be with me where I am. And I love this. And you know the way to where I am going. And then Thomas is all like, no. We actually have no idea what you're talking about or where you're going. Like, we are completely clueless. We are, you know, so, or as the scripture records it, no, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going. So how can we know the way? And then Jesus goes into next few sentences that that really encapsulates the Christian faith and who we believe Jesus is and what we know as truth. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And then Philip Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. See, they still don't get it. They don't understand who Jesus is. They don't understand the nature of truth. And Jesus replied, probably a little bit exasperated, 
Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still do not know who I am? Check this next thing out, because this is, this is Christianity at its core. If you get this, you get Christianity. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. One of my biggest problems with the previous statement and how the Christian faith has used it is this, no one can come to the Father except through me. It's kind of this exclusionary kind of statement. They like to change it to heaven and stuff like that, but that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, no one can come to the Father except through me. And then a few sentences later, he says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. But he doesn't just leave it there. He builds that out even more. So why are you even asking me to show him to you? Don't you get it? I am. I am here. I am God. I am the truth. Don't you believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me and does His work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. And then he tags this kind of this bizarre other statement on, or at least believe because of the work you've seen me do. And then one of the final times he says this, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. To me, this passage of, of, of Scripture is, is Jesus being 100% clear about who he is, about the nature of truth. That, that he is the truth. He is our life. He is the way. He is the Father, and the Father is him. And this, for us who are followers of Christ, is our profound truth. Doctrine is good. The Ten Commandments are good. But ultimately, those of us who are Christians, who take on the name of Christ, our ultimate truth is Jesus. And I just want to leave you with this. In John chapter 8, verse 32, Jesus says this, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus is our freedom. Jesus is our truth.